Give me a nod when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Hey everyone, this is Matt Gunlock from the 3GIQ Podcast. I have Frank Gal, my co-host on here, and we have our guest, uh, Alex Goking. I think everybody here is already familiar who, with who he is, but uh, he just kind of held a PCSL three-gun match. It was really successful, really fun match. Um, and before we start asking him questions, I just wanted to kind of talk with Frank for a bit uh, and ask him some, him, him some things. So, Frank, obviously this is your reintroduction into three gun uh, it's been a while for you um can you kind of tell us what your thoughts on the match were kind of you know because how long has it been since you even shot a three gun match at this point i would say we're probably since you introduced a uh, three gun to the 2021 championships okay so it's you know it, it's been a while and before that you the last time you really did it was in california when you were stationed out there right I shot one, uh, I think the the range was called like Walnut Grove or something. Uh, it was out near Charlotte and I shot it with some friends. I borrowed a shotgun. Um, so that that was really the last time I've shot it. Okay. And so instead of going the traditional route this time and just starting out with TAC Ops, you decided to go straight into open and uh, you bought yourself a dissident arms. So what kind of promulgated that whole uh, thing? Uh, several impetus. Uh, one, I went out to your place and tried to get the shotgun working and it just didn't run. And you were like, polish this, polish this. I'm like, all right. I mean, I can do that. And then I was like, I, do I really want to learn to quad load? Uh, and then I started watching videos of dudes shooting dissident arm shotguns. And I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. Um, I already shoot open in USPSA. So I might as well embrace the lifestyle and just go full open. Okay. No, no. I, you know, I love reloading shotguns. Sometimes it can be a bane of my existence. Other times it can be one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. Uh, I think Alex Goking will agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, loading shotgun can be fun. But no, I mean, with the dissident, it just looks so much fucking fun. Just going fast. Um, how, what has been the learning curve with shooting a dissident arms you know at, at your first match and we're about to go to another match this weekend uh down in north carolina as you city match you have to be a lot more secure with your mount just like the the weld and everything and holding that thing like it still bucks a fair amount especially with slugs um and then for those of you that are watching the video of this um there's these uh i fucked up my finger pretty bad because if you don't grab that magazine in the right spot you're literally going to slam your hand into that magwell as you try to do a reload uh, not only that it's an ak pattern so it's it, it's a little challenging to be effectively running three separate weapon systems right an ar a pistol and then now an ak style rifle uh, or shotgun uh, as you were um which you have to remember different reloads different indexes um where it's going on your belt and I've dry fired 
trying to reload that 20 round mag and I'm literally like almost reaching all the way down to my kneecap in order to hit the right part of the magazine, get the reload in just right. Um, so a lot of that stuff has taken some time to learn, but I'm, I'm willing to dedicate the time towards it. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, so, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So PCSL has been around for a little bit. Um, how long have you been thinking of trying to pull off a PCSL match, Alex? I can't um, really remember what month it was, but um, with, uh, I remember, I think I was listening to a podcast, actually. I think it was one of um, uh, one of the ones on PSTG and Max was talking about his new league and all that stuff. And then kind of like listening to some of the stuff he was talking about. Um, one, of, uh, one of the things that I liked about the, um, the, the K, it was the K targets. The K targets were the first things that caught my eye. It's like, what is that thing? That looks like fun to shoot at. And what is this K zone? Wait, I can get two alphas with one shot. I'm not going to do it, but that sounds like, that sounds awesome. And listening to kind of his philosophy and stuff. And uh, it kind of helps when um, you're the guy, you know, he's, he's one hell of a PCC guy made bump fire. Cool. Like I list, I, I tuned into it and I started looking up the rules and what he was doing, following their social media. And I was just like, this is really cool and accessible, like practical division. Who would have thought of a multi-gun freaking production division? That's um, I thought that was pretty wild. And I, I kept tuning in. And then at some point I was just like, we need to start that stuff here because like it's essentially a match where you can still be competitive using um, issued weapons and issued ammo and um, going out and smoking people like uh, John Treat did. And uh, that's a sore subject. So I'll, uh, <laughs> we'll move on. So, so, so just to talk uh, real quick about that. So John Treat, for those of you who don't know, he's one of the pistol team guys. He's never shot a multi-gun match in his life. He went out there with an IAR, an infantry automatic rifle, with essentially an HK416, heavy-ass motherfucker. He went out there with a Benelli M4. You can only hold six rounds in the tube. And he brought out a Sig Sauer P320 Legion. And he kicked everybody's ass, pretty much. He's, He's a solid shooter, though. And... You know, typically I say whenever you're you're a solid pistol shooter, you're going to be a solid rifle shooter and you, you're just you're going to have everything down packed. He's very surgical with uh, what he does. And it was it was pretty cool to watch him. And uh, if if treats listening, I want you to know that you've rolled your last tide. <laughs> so. um Alex, can you kind of give us some of the wave tops on the planning, the logistics, and execution of the match? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, besides the uh, usual uh, and uh, Major Hitchack, like um, for those who don't know, he's our operations officer over at Weapons Training Battalion. He was like, um, without like, you know, you know how some people mentor you, but they give you a lot of grief. He did. He gave me no grief. He just told you know he helped me run the match and he told uh, helped me start planning. And he was like, hey you need to start putting out the friggin' registration now. And I was like at an airport at Seattle and I was like, he's right. So pulled out my laptop freaking at that, um, the space a freaking terminal started hacking away. Um, and giving me a heads up on like, uh, as the match started to, uh, roll in a little bit harder, uh, you know, here's our match roster, take it to the visitor center, all that stuff. And, um, the, and that's honestly, like, if you ask me, 
uh, this type of admin stuff is not my um, specialty. Uh, when I when I first met Major Hitchcock, he was like, "You want to do stage design?" And I was like, "Great, yeah, I totally I, I like that stuff." And then he said, "Cool," because I do all the boring meeting admin stuff, and I was like, "Cool, that's exactly the stuff I don't want to do." So uh, for this match, I had to do some things that I did not want to do, and you know, just get used to it. Get get you know, yeah, get the motions done. But uh, those things, plus making sure people got the right emails, knew what to bring to the match, that was uh, the stuff that that wasn't like I don't really like do as much but i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna be doing it from now on uh but the stage design like uh getting stuff like how do i take a one-dimensional bay and figure it out like uh, that was a part that i actually enjoy um i was freaking out the week uh rolling into the match i can tell you that i lost some sleep and i'm pretty sure my immune system went down because um like anyone here who's ran a big event, uh, Matt, I don't know if you've ever ran a big event before. Oh, wait, a fuck kind of big thing. So, freaking. So, like, I was freaking out. Like, I think the guys at work might have noticed it. Like, I was on edge the whole time. Like, I was just like, <laughs> and um, so I had the guys, like, hey, you guys, um, to, to help me out, I told the guys, you want two free matches? I need you to help me build stages throughout the week. And that worked out good because I was able to troubleshoot ahead of time. And uh, that was like the heaviest thing. We used every single wall in the, Quanti in the, in the Quantico uh, practical shooters, like ISO container, every freaking wall. So I was repairing everything. We were repairing everything we could find using whatever we could using just about all the barrels, but building all that took a little bit. Um, I remember uh, after I sent uh, the Marines home, like on uh, Friday before I was in the office, like for an additional hour and I was back on the range. Cause I was just like, okay, I'm going to keep stressing about this unless I go out there. So I did some modifications, but logistically that was the heaviest thing, getting the stages to work. Cause uh, you know, I, 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 it's also kind of my fault. I put a lot of pressure on myself cause I'm the guy freaking criticizing everybody's like stages. Like, Oh, you didn't, yeah, the guy didn't think about this part, did he? And then here I am like telling myself, oh my gosh, it is so easy to not think about this stuff right now. I better go freaking look at the stages again, look at the freaking fault lines. And yeah, um, it was nerve wracking. I was uh, terrified um, as well as scared. So that was um, the, the days leading up. So, you know, we all know whenever you put a plan on paper, like draw stage design on paper, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be differences what's on paper compared to what's actually put on the ground. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you have to, did you have to make any improvisations throughout the week of that match? Absolutely. Um, I mean, one, I had to change stuff pretty fast because um, I met up with range control, just making sure that my uh, ducks were in a row. I confirmed a few things. Um, I, um, I had to make some adjustments to my stage design for sure, even like uh, long before we set up the first wall. But uh, on the day, there were some things that had to be done. Like I had to push certain targets uh, in a better spot, cut a bunch of walls down. But the uh, any uh, you can plan all you want, even with a 3D stage builder, even if you make like a uh, perfect represent like a representation of the bays. Like there, things will always look different. I think um, I was already prepared for that because all the USPSA matches that I've uh, help set up the past uh, year and a half. So like, I just knew it was going to be different, but that's where um, 
the setup day, that's uh, where it's just normal for me to be jumping from one bay to another, looking at stuff, looking at stuff. Hey, move that over here. Hey, don't stake that yet. Okay, cool, stake that now. So there's been there's there are definitely a bunch of um, um, adjustments I had to make because um, my PowerPoint does not account for the 30 degree um, cone of fire that uh, we are authorized to use. So yeah, there was there was a lot of moving parts for sure on that. Um, I, I have a quick follow on. You mentioned talking the range control and. and um you know coordinating with them how much help you know and i know you specifically talked to marty dankinich and like mm -hmm. in my whole time on the team there the four and a half years you know yeah he's a crusty old bastard and he can be grumpy at times and, and quite honestly he's what he's a good friend of mine uh and you know how was that how was working with him and coordinating with him and what benefit did you see uh at the end of the day by coordinate doing the coordination with him so number one thing like i haven't really worked with uh mr dankinich a whole lot i heard a lot of stories from you uh i know some people um have gotten on his uh bad side uh but my initial and like enduring opinion of um marty dankinich is he is a he is an enabler he mm -hmm. enables he wants to enable us to do our stuff and he wants to make sure that we can do everything we need to do as long as it fits within the rules. And I, uh, one of the things he told me, which uh, is, you know, uh, is very much uh, what you told me, like letting him know what we're trying to do ahead of time, having that open communication, like uh, for some people that might be, you know, some people might take it as like, Oh, he wants to like, you know, like uh, have a magnifying magnifying glass on everything. But the way I saw it was like, he wants to allow us to do uh, what we have to do, but, also protect us in the event that something happens like and you know like there's always going to be a bigger like a, a you know some bigger fish that's in charge of like a, this this um massive like school of like uh stuff that's going on and i appreciated that you know he was he does what he does so that we can do things and can be protected legally with what we're doing and i am totally for it because like um that's you know i'm i I don't, I get myself in trouble all the time. You know that, um, like my first day on teams, I showed up late and then I had a stern talking to you by Matt Gunlock. Um, I can do that to myself, but whenever I get somebody else in trouble, when I get somebody else like uh, in hot water, I, I, I lose a lot of sleep over things like that. I cannot handle getting somebody else messed up because of something I did. So I'm like, Hey, he's going to protect us, but I'm also here to protect my leadership. So and I'm sorry. I, I just have a quick thing to say. So, you know, for those listeners, especially the military ones, uh, I, I ask these questions and I, I bring these questions out because, you know, to me, if you're dealing with range control, you know, a lot of people, yeah, they don't like range control, but they are there to enable you. And they're also there for the safety. Um, so you need to allow them to enable you and allow them to get you to a yes or allow them to come to a yes. That way you can do exactly what you're looking at. And it's not just with hosting a match that's with regular military training at that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, come with a good plan. Don't just come with something written on a paper or just, you know, talk to them, come with a PowerPoint that shows exactly what you're going to be performing on whatever range you're going to be doing, because that's going to give them the visual aid that they need to see exactly what you're going to do and allow you to conduct the training to get your Marines properly trained. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, my experience with uh, Camp Lejeune range control specifically is uh, Tom Tarati. Uh, he he wanted us to train. He wanted, like Alex said, he wanted to be an enabler. Uh, there was one instance in which I had some rifle training plans, and he actually recommended a different range. He looked at. He's like, dude, this this isn't going to get you what you want. I recommend that you put in a request for this range. I know for a fact that no one has it for this week, and um, and what Matt said is absolutely spot on. Yeah, bring your LOI. They're going to want to see the LOI. But if you're doing anything, even if you're doing something simple, just put some targets on a PowerPoint and put some lines of fire. Uh, just show them how many people are going to be firing side to side just so they have an idea of what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And on that, um, I showed uh, Mr. Dankinish that PowerPoint that I showed you that one time. Mm -hmm. uh, he liked it. He said it was the most detailed PowerPoint he's ever seen. I was just trying to make a video game of the course of fire. Like, pew, nice. pew. Well, he, he, I, I talked to him, uh, the same day that you went and talked to him. He was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I saw your boy Alex today. And I was like, oh yeah, how'd that go? He's like, he's like, it was very productive. And like the dude's freaking legit. He knows what he's talking about and he's got better PowerPoint skills than you ever had. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's because he's Asian. <laughs> what can I say? I'm pogus as fuck. Don't Matt, don't make PowerPoint an Asian thing. Come on. Really? <laughs> There's already enough stereotypes, right? Like I can't, I can't be, a, I can't be a bad driver and good at math and good at video games and PowerPoint. Like I just don't want those four things in conjunction with each other. Uh, are, are you any of those four? Fuck, I'm, I guess I'm good at PowerPoint. I'm an officer, though. It's more of an officer. Than <laughs> uh. Um. So, yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, you you talked about the uh, relationship with um. Tim Hedjack a little bit. Did you have any coordination with like PCSL proper? Did you reach out to Max at any point for any coordination or questions? Absolutely. Um, the first time I reached out to Max was actually not directly related to PCSL. I think that conversation that I had with him would probably also help in leading to having us uh, do PCSL over at uh, Quantico Practical Shooters. But I told him like, hey man, it's gonna let you know. Um, we hold these things called Marine Corps marksmanship competitions, and I'm 100% going to steal your K-Zone idea for our matches, and I just want to give you a heads up, you know, and he was just like, no, dude, that's perfectly awesome, man, like, yeah, go for it, do it, and I was like, hell yeah, and then, um, freaking, um, you know, I, I applied then, uh, and the mic makes, and it, it made things very, a lot more, it, it definitely added, like, a, added, like, an interesting, uh, option, uh, for some of the stages we did kind of like, Hey, here's a 32 round course of fire. You can reload if you want, but you don't have to, you just got to mm -hmm. hit somebody in the face a couple of times. Um, so, um, then I kind of like had a conversation with him and like asked about like, um, what, is there like any kind of like, um, affiliation type thing? And he was like, for now, no, this, I was like, cool. That's all I need to know. And I was just like, okay, cool. Maybe one day there will be but right now. I'm going to hundred percent capitalize on it. So started planning and, um, started watching what they did. And after the um, hard as hell, uh, the videos from hard as hell and the PCSL two gun championship, I was just like, okay, we can do this. We must. And uh, yeah, that was the, uh, that, that was just about as much coordination besides like going uh, over rules and stuff. Uh, one thing uh, Max told me, it's like, Hey, these are the rules, but don't feel like you can't deviate from them. And I think the cool thing about Max is he, um, He's from both worlds, USPSA and three gun. And PCSL is essentially like a, a mix of uh, both worlds, like taking out some excessive stuff out of uh, um, 
the USPSA rulebook, but at the, uh, like at the same time, uh, you know, gives us he wants to give that flexibility that we see in uh, a lot of three gun matches, like um, which I see as like you know awesome, like you know number uh, like just one example. Cool, we have a safe area. Oh, we also have three guns, and two of them are huge. Yeah. Like, um, I can understand at a USPSA match, yeah, operate your firearm over at the safe area. But at a three-gun match, like, that safe area is going to be clogged as fuck. And, you know, like, generally, like, you know, with a long gun, it's harder for the muzzle to do weird things anyways. Um, and, you know, like, and a lot of people are typically invested and they're not going to do anything stupid. So, and that's kind of like what we rely on. So I like that balance that uh, Max made with his uh, league. Yeah, um, for those of you listening that don't know who uh, Max Lee Grandis is, he's the only PCC champion that's ever existed within uh, uh, USPSA. He's the only person who's ever won that national uh, championship. Um, and it's also interesting to me to like, you know, he designed the target, but he also told you like, yeah, go and use it for Marine Corps things, go use it for different things. Because the whole reason that he started PCSL, um, well, he had an idea and he ran it by the USPSA president at the time. And that president told him like, do what you want, just don't use our target and don't use our rules. And Max was like, okay. So it's good that he's being so... I, guess, I didn't know that. He's being so democratic with the targets. And they're actually, they're really good targets. Um, I like the fact that they are they are shorter, which makes it you know easier on shipping and easier on logistics and allows you to like pack in more in a small space. Uh, I also think they're more challenging. There's not a big honk in A-Zone like in the US. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that A-Zone is not big. Yeah, it's not, it's not, um, yeah. which forces accuracy, but people are still like ripping really, really fast. Um, so, you know, this last weekend was an awesome experience. Uh, I shot on both days. I wanted to be a part of it. This inaugural event, there's been an outpouring of positive feedback for PCSL three and two gun um, in, in this area from all the shooters. Uh, what are you most proud of looking back on the weekends? Um, in terms of like successfully introducing this new uh, shooting scene to the Northern Virginia area? So um, I think a lot of us here are very similar, especially competitive shooters. Um, I don't really have a habit of uh, patting myself on the back. So when you asked about like, uh, even after uh, showing me like the, the script, like uh, the, the, the topics ahead of time, like I don't know what necessarily I'm proud of. Um, I just um, wanted to start stuff, but like, the first thing that comes into my mind is the Marine Corps shooting team. Um, I don't want to get into uh, like the past too much, um, but we had representatives from the pistol team, the three gun team and the rifle team. And we were just out there. Everybody wanted to have, everybody wanted to shoot. Everyone wanted to have fun. We pulled some um, uh, 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 Benelli M4s out just because uh, other guys wanted to shoot as well. I'm, that is the one thing that, uh, you know, as much as I was, uh, I might've been addicted to them a bunch of times when we were like setting up the stages, I was like, no, no, move that over there. You're, no, you're, no, a, match no. you're a match director, dude. Yeah. So I, I, I had, yeah. Um, and they were out there freaking helping out, working, like just doing stuff. And on match day, like even the rifle team guys, they could have easily said like, yeah, you know, freaking, you know, it was fun. But a, kind of, a couple of these guys saw and they were like, they, they saw like, I need to, work on this. I need to get better pistol, but just seeing the entire team there, which, you know, I, I, I love the guys over on teams. Like it was, um, that was a happy moment for me as well as, um, uh, seeing like, and it had in, in the realm of happy moments, seeing freaking Matt, seeing Don, like seeing Jeremy Leitner, 
seeing all those guys and I'm, I'm missing a couple names now because there's a bunch out there oh yeah uh uh freaking uh graham like i'm only used to seeing these guys when it's hot and humid what are they doing in my vicinity when it's cold and it's cold enough to where dono beer is wearing long pants which that did not click in my head like he's usually wearing like freaking um freaking uh, silky looking um freaking khaki pants like so uh that was uh that was a pretty happy moment for me well, you know what's also cool for me? It's like, you know, I'm seeing guys that I normally, like you said, seeing guys that you would normally see on the three-gun circuit. But it's like, you know, we had Brandon Wolf and, and Jay Schaff come up from North Carolina. You know, we had Graham Gregory come out from uh, Richmond, Williamsburg area, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Brian Nelson was there too. And, and so after the match, it was kind of like, in, in a sense, a major – <clears throat> because yes, it, yes. It, as soon as we were done we all linked up afterwards and just went out and had dinner and just hung out for a couple hours and, and you know that's kind of that it's kind of a nice experience just to get together and hang out with your boys after after a local match yep and i should have guessed because at the end of the match after we packed up i was yelling pretty loud hey where the fuck's matt <laughs> Where's Matt? What the fuck? I was like, do you have a bad match or something? And I was like, he's probably having dinner. That makes I sense. Did, I did and have I a bad us. match. I did have a bad <laughs> match, though. <laughs> okay. So at least that, that, that's uh, at least I confirmed that. And then that's when I called you. Where you at? And then you were like, oh, I'm having dinner. I was like, oh, no, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> Let's see. How, on one stage, I had three misses. Another stage, I had a miss. And then another stage, I had a miss. So I had 25 seconds in penalties. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, was like, I was like how the fuck does this happen i've not i i've never had that many misses in in a match like in fucking years i was like fuck i gotta start practicing again so no your shots were there but they're uh where the shots would have been like they, like uh, the missing side like if you were to deduct a uspsa target from a k target your shots were there i miss i miss quit trying to make me feel better let me solve my depression i fucking missed <laughs> oh my god but what, what you should be proud of alex is that the uh, the match went well um but more importantly uh people people enjoyed themselves and mm. everyone who wasn't i've seen a lot of comments online from people who weren't there like hey like where was this i didn't know about this when's when's the, they're already asking about the next match so I think just based on based on comments on Instagram and just what I've seen so far, um, like obviously there's things that you want to tighten up and do better next time. 100%. A lot of a very positive um, support. Um, you're a volunteer. Like this isn't going to show up on a fit rep or anything. You're not getting paid extra. Uh, how important is it for someone like you, a match director, to hear like hear feedback, positive feedback, negative feedback, but just in general feedback? Um, as a match director so like oh yeah you, you're right um uh especially part about the part that uh i ain't getting shit from this you know like <laughs> for anyone who's wondering we don't get uh we don't get uh anything from running these matches um it's out of sheer love for the community and the and you know the sport but um it was crazy like i i kind of had a hunch that this was going to be a match that people would enjoy but to the extent that I saw, like everyone was just like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm still losing my mind, making sure stuff goes in the ISO containers and having people come up and be like, Hey man, this is a really good match. This was really fun. Hey man, like what shotgun should I get? Or like, 
and I'm just like sitting there like, okay, I am not prepared for this feedback right now. Like, um, right. It was wild. It, it made it, it definitely made the, um, the lost sleep worth it. Like, you know, like, oh my gosh, these guys had fun. Cause I mean, that's, that's why I did the stuff for the USPSA match. I want people to go home saying like, that was a fun match. I spent my 20 something bucks for, you know, a good reason. And, and, or like people like are getting like a, you know, that extra training. Cause uh, I make that on purpose. It's just like, um, I want you to do different, uh, you know, di different types of shooting throughout the whole match. And it was wild. It was definitely really, really wild. Like that exhausted me to a point from everyone just like um, happy about the match. Cause that was the goal. Like this is therapy for us. Like mm -hmm. you, me, Matt, these matches are what keep us, you know, like, you know, energized in life. And on the note of volunteers, like, um, yeah, like, you know, uh, for a majority of volunteers, a thank you is like beyond freaking what we would expect. And the to take it to the next level, I think the best way to appreciate volunteers is to go volunteer yourself as well. That being said, uh, we do have a sign up for setup crew. So, you know, just keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, just, you know, help out, you know, at your local match. Like people don't, uh, it, it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it is a whole lot. Like I know um, Matt had some, has some experience running like a, a major three gun match and uh, there was a shortage of help for sure. And um, that can be, that's rough. That is really rough. Like, um, just like anything else, like an operation, you have certain people with certain billets. Um, and it sucks when you're that one person trying to do all those billets all at once. Like, you know, you obviously can't be setting up while proofing stages at the same time. Like it just gets really weird. So yeah, I think that's the best thing people can do. Go and volunteer, go help your match, regardless of the sport. Like whether it's a three gun major or three gun local, if you're in the area, you know, hop in, you know, nine times out of 10, the MD is going to be like, Hey, match fees on us and you're going to be like sweet tight i can afford another freaking 24 rack that's right that's that's right you know that's it's a big deal especially if you think about it that way well said so you. so you you deliberately held back on some of the pcl cell rules such as hot holstering uh for this match uh do you see yourself lighting up on future matches 100 percent um good i um uh <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, just in case if ever you make fun of gamers ever again know that you are 100% a gamer based off of that. Yeah, no. um, so I um, I had some reservations just because like just kind of like during my morning briefs I was like hey uh, everyone like um, at, a th at a normal three gun match at an open like a, at a private range you slug steel or you send freaking uh, a rifle round in steel like at steel below like freaking 75 yards like yeah, you're going home. That's it. But over on our side, when something bad happens, it's a lot bigger of a deal. And uh, that was one of the things that I did not want to uh, risk for this match, hot holstering, because it was advantageous for, uh, to a certain extent on a lot of the stages. But at the same time, it's like um, we already had cases where some like, uh, you know, new shooters were trying to chase after, you know, some of the the, the big the, the big dogs freaking doing some wild stuff. And uh absolutely freaking um you know it, it, it didn't end uh, really well for them and last thing i wanted to do was somebody to uh reholster um a freaking like a, a striker fired pistol and not realize that they had their finger on the uh on the trigger but my goal is for the next match to set the match up to where even like the where situations where shooters 
are going to hot holster or where it's beneficial at the very least. Um, they're doing it with um, less like secondary and tertiary tasks um, while they're executing a stage. So I think um, that that would be a hundred percent doable for the next one. What's not going to be doable, however, is slinging a gun that was once loaded. So uh, freaking well, I'll work on that too. Um, make sure to see, see what I can do to make that happen. But yes, we're going to get, um, this was a, a little bit of a beta test, not just for the community, but for myself as well. I have a lot to learn, uh, but I think by the next match, I'll have learned enough to be able to um, accommodate that. Um, I think uh, it'll be pretty cool as well because um, it sure beats um, throwing my honcho in a, um, in a thing. <laughs> so it'll be weird. You don't want to eat your open gun into a box? I don't want to eat my open gun. I don't have eat open gun money. <laughs> uh, under, understandable. Uh, and you also, also, um, you did wait for a long ass time for Phoenix Trinity to get you that honcho. I did. Um, but at least what, uh, you know, like, um, I told them, I actually told them like, uh, they were, they kind of like told me, Hey, you know, there's going to be at least a six month wait. And I did my math on how much, how long it's going to be before it's, it's like, I never even purchased one because I'm pretty frugal. Uh, and I was like, no, 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 you know, you guys take your time, take your time. Freaking, uh, I won't need it, um, within six months anyways. And, um, you know, gun came over and, uh, thing runs, you know, I'm pretty happy about that. Probably saved me some 38 super comp money, uh, in the process while waiting, you know, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a lot of good things about this PCSL uh, rule set. And we were actually able to put one of them into action this last weekend. Uh, I had I had a stage where I finished running it and then we moved on to the next stage. I look in the tablet because I'm the scorekeeper and it says 38.08 seconds. And it doesn't seem quite right to me. So I look at my video uh, recording from that stage and the video has me running that stage in about 30 seconds. Simple error, right? The zeros and the eights are pretty close to each other on the number pad. So PCSL allows you to use video evidence um, in order to challenge a call. So I shot you a text, you came over and I said, hey, like this is what it says in the tablet. This is what I have on my phone. I showed you the video, I showed you the tablet. You examined both and then you made a change to the score based on what was actually on the phone. So um, what do you think of the way that PCSL implements that particular rule? And is that something that you'd want to see in a lot of other shooting sports? Oh, um, so in uh, de depending on the call, because I think there's this um, there's this assumption that just because there's video that automatically the MDRM or whoever um, makes a call immediately from it. Like it's it's not an absolute thing. It's like, yes, you can use video. I, I do believe, yes, you should be able to use video for evidence. But obviously, it's not necessarily going to result in a in a decent call. Like, let's say, like if, for example, in your case, it was very clear. Scrub through the video, watch every bit of it, and saw that yeah, there is um, unless there is a weird like a uh, time warp happening or like uh, freaking uh, you had Adobe After Effects and um, freaking uh, cropped yourself out and yeah. put yourself somewhere else on the stage, then. Uh, it would have been a hard call to make, but I saw it. It made sense. 
Um, otherwise, what would have happened if I couldn't, and per, per the PCSL rules, if I couldn't make a determination from that video, but enough of a determination to be like, yes, that doesn't feel right, but I can't determine the exact time, then you, you'd award the shooter a reshoot. So it's not an automatic like, oh yeah, it's on the video, then it's gospel. Yeah. No, it's just an aid to the MD. And I think, um, and I think uh, that um, I'm not sure what the uh, genesis of the uh, USPSA ruling for that, but I'm assuming it was done before the age of smartphones. So um, like uh, now we can clearly see it and um, uh, it does aid in the MD's decision. Like, uh, and yeah, I think, I think it's a good thing, but obviously it aids. It does not create the decision like straight up, like kind of like a, a good example. Uh, I think uh, we talked about is what if it's a foot fault call? If I can see clearly that a foot is completely outside right. of the freaking fault line, then yes, I can 100% make a call off of that or 100% in. Like it's uh, not absolute, but it's 100% helpful. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, it's, it's, it's a very common sense move. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes sense with modern technology. It's worth mentioning that you can only use video evidence and calls that help the shooter. Um, mm -hmm. not, you can't, so you can't enforce it. You, you can't look at video and then retroactively enforce a DQ or a bunch of other things. And I agree with you. I think the video evidence, because camera angles can be wonky, right? Mm -hmm. um, doesn't, isn't really great in terms of things that need to like, you need to characterize like spatial distance and positioning and stuff, but a simple like time change that, that yeah, uh, I thought that worked extremely well. Mm -hmm. It worked great. And um I think we're going to continue seeing that as a beneficial thing until we figure out how to deep fake our own faces onto like say Nate Staskowitz or um, freaking Joel Turner's body, but we're not, we don't have the technology for that yet. I mean, so, I, I'm just going to start airdropping all my videos into a uh, chat GPT. So that AI magic. <laughs> that, that's a cool freaking website. I'll be honest. It's cool. Um, freaking, yeah. I got uh, Matt, you should probably input there. Why did I get, 25 well with some something likes it could probably tell you that <laughs> yeah thanks 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 for the <laughs> reminder <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's catching sprays today hey you know matt honestly you're at a point where freaking your performance will um will always be uh superimposed you could win a freaking national like level match and then the first thing people notice will always be the matt gunlock and uh so i think you've uh, done yourself uh, a strange situation where your personality is all you need i appreciate that yeah and that beard's working for you too you know <laughs> so um i you know so i have two questions uh, i kind of added one um and I have to ask because I I know what it was like whenever I hosted matches and I had like a former boss show up and, and shoot the match. Um, was was there a level of nervousness with me being there and you know host and you ho being the match director hosting the match, knowing hey you know I had my former boss here shooting a match. How is he going to criticize it and all that kind of stuff? Uh, or was it just like excitement? Like hey, what did you think? You know what what some pointers. It was it was 100% excitement. Like um, I saw it as you came by to support it, to support what I was doing, what we were doing. I was excited for you to see what the team was up to, um, and I like I like feedback. I like criticism. I I enjoy those things because 
like anyone who's ever experienced a plateau in anything in life, like you want, you want to be able to break through that or at least mitigate it or even have some, some level of prophylaxis uh, prior to it ever happening. So I was excited, hundred percent excited for you to be there. And, you know, I was welcoming about, you know, and all the feedback you gave me, like it's going to enable me to make things even better, which I am kind of into. I am super into making things better. It's one of my hobbies. Um, uh, I'm not always successful, but I always try. Um, yeah, it was a positive thing. And that's why I called you out uh, at the uh, beginning of the match brief that you were wearing a different jersey and you betrayed us. <laughs> I didn't betray you. I just <laughs> retired from you guys. <laughs> you can uh, extend it. <laughs> here's one criticism. Whenever I say, hey, you know, this person's going to come shoot, you know, hey, move us over to this squad. And then we become the largest squad of the match. Don't yeah. listen to me ever again. <laughs> just um, don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, there, there, I, I did not see a whole lot of issues with match flow. I was actually hoping to catch up to you guys, but that would have been two squads away. Now the match flowed just, just well. That was honestly, that was so, oh, that was my biggest fear. Like, holy shit. And that's we usually my fear. Yeah, yeah, that's usually my biggest fear. And that's usually the downfall of a lot of matches, not having a good match flow. Um, and, and like just talking to Jason Byerly about that type of stuff is like, that's one of the biggest things he focuses on is like, hey, if this stage is going to go this long, what can I do for the next stage? You know, and is there going to be a backup here? What can I do? And like, so, and I, I take note of a, of, of a lot of that stuff. And it's like, you know, am I okay with, in, you know, making this stage a little bit longer just to give them the experience? Or do I want them to, uh, do I want them to, you know, shoot their stage and move on? And, and it's a very fine balance that you have to mm -hmm. have. And I think it went worked out really well. There's a couple of times we had, you know, the squad behind us catch up, but for the most part, like we had a very good squad. We had a very fast squad and yes, everybody was resetting. Um, there's a couple of times where I saw only like three people out there. I was like, Hey, I need people out there to reset. Like this isn't going to reset it's itself. Um, but I got a resurgent. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> We don't do that no more. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, funny. I'll still come around to the office sometimes, and like I'll, I'll walk into the battalion, and uh, there was one time in particular, like one of the admin, uh, one of the admin clerks, uh, she saw me. She's like, "Hey, Gunny." I was like, "No, no, 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 no. We don't do that anymore. It's Matt now." <laughs> Remember like, the time when you when you called me when I was uh, doing field day stuff? As soon as like I was in field day mode, and you called me, I was like, "Hey, Gunny." I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> Alex, is he, is he still on your phone as Gunny? Uh, no, he's on my phone as GY, capital S, GT, Gunlock. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I have no time. In the, I'm busy. I'm, I'm making TSRs. I don't have time to change people's names in my phone. Gosh. Um, but like, uh, yeah, the, um, I was just, I was happy the match flowed. Like I saw the time when I was on our third stage and I, I literally had a moment to myself. I was like, yes, yes. And uh you know, like at a local match, um, it's weird. I have this, like, I'm starting to have this almost like love-hate relationship for good flow because I notice that if I have at least one holdup during the match, just one holdup, one stage where I have, I'm waiting for uh, the other squad to finish, it actually gives me time to bullshit with my homies. Yep. Like the, the time when that happened, I was like, perfect. So I ran over to the other squad and started bullshitting with people. 
obviously if it happens every single stage, then things get dumb and everyone gets disgruntled, but you know, um, it, it flowed nice. I was scared of that, especially for the two gun match. Cause like, thank God freaking, uh, you know, it worked out as well. All right. So, um, one of the other questions I have for you is, um, has there ever has there been an outreach of any match directors in the local area about hosting their own PCSL matches? Not yet. Um, uh, I, I I did um, I did see some comments about like uh, other people hoping they'd see that in their area. So I don't know if the match has gotten out to as many uh, uh, people. Uh, oh, I think maybe it's still in the process of getting out to other people. But sooner or later. People are going to see that if like affiliating with um, Max is as simple as like just letting him know you want to get some targets and do stuff like, um, for example, Maine, right? Um, they, I think they beat us to having the first PCSL match on the East Coast. Um, uh, so, uh, but like uh, Max was just tracking, they got some targets. So they probably did hold one, but. Uh, it's very easy. It's extremely easy. And the rules and the divisions are super accessible. I think match directors, like if they're trying to fill in an extra um, extra weekend of the month, it's easy. You just got to get the targets, you know, freaking go through the rules, talk to Max, you know, like, you know, may also be accepting that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, like as, as I experienced, um, um, like um, in, in setting up the match and um, so I, uh, no one's reached out to me yet. And if they just went straight to Max, that's even easier because it would have been a simple, hey, I'm going to divert you over to Mr. Uh, Leah Grandis. Um, but it, yeah, not yet. But if they do, you know, I'd be happy to um, like let them know uh, uh, what was up. And um, cool thing about PCSL, if the guy talk, I'm talking to is from the three gun world, I can easily, since I'm in both worlds now, I can, uh, easily say like well compared to three gun and if it's a USPSA guy well compared to USPSA and it's a very easy transition it's super super chill so um, as we wrap this up is there anything you'd like to you know leave the listeners with um, so uh, I think uh, depending uh, I'm, I'm going to target the uh, any listeners that um are uh, especially in the three gun world where uh, you want to like, um, especially like uh, if, if, if we're real right now, we, um, if, if the community, if the three guy, three guy community is currently scrambling, trying to figure out how to uh, like continue the growth of the sport, um, even with, uh, you know, all the stuff we're going through, like we're still recovering from a primer crisis, um, stuff's getting more and more expensive. I'm going to have to quote Adam Maxwell on, um, uh, the importance of the uh the grassroots of a sport um you know kind of paraphrasing at this point uh the stuff that um uh jason barley does down at cggr uh the kind of matches there are in california uh the superstition mystery mountain crowd in uh in arizona and uh, the local matches that um you know minnesota puts up that's where we should like uh, put a focus on like a sport is built on like, the, you know, a lo local matches are a big freaking deal. And that's something we got to learn from uh, the USPSA side. Like it's um, not everyone can afford to go to a major. Not everyone has that level of participation because everybody has a level of participation. Not everyone's trying to beat Joe Farewell. Not everyone is trying to be the next freaking uh, Nate Staskowitz. Some people just want to shoot the sport. 
uh, where it's accessible. So I think um, if anyone listening uh, needs to hear this or already knows this, I'm just here to validate your concerns. Like the local arena is extremely important. In fact, I would consider it even to, to a certain extent more important than how many majors you can hold. So um, that's just kind of how I see it. Um, and this match was uh, one trying to test that theory out and at the same time kind of prove a couple points to myself uh, on uh, the, the health of a sport. And, um, it, you know, it um, definitely validated a couple concerns that I had. So, yeah, like if you don't know how to do one, like uh, look for somebody who does because uh, you can't create you can't breed another Jason Byerly, but you can hundred percent shoot him a message and ask him how he does what he does. So, uh, so or, or Lee Grandis or yeah. So I like how you said that, especially with, you know, grassroots and, and everything should be focused on the local level. Uh, and it's funny that you say that because the other day we were recording Eamon Lynn, the president for USPSA. And okay. he said his, his role that he's trying to take as president of USPSA is, you know, he, he, he told us about 8% of the USPSA membership goes and shoots nationals. That's, that's relatively small in comparison. And his focus is how can he make it more accessible and more enjoyable for the local competitors, for the guys that aren't going to go to the big matches, the guys who are going to be competing at that local level. That's where a big part of his focus is because that's the bulk of the membership. Mm -hmm. Yep. And like, um, uh, I guess it's, and I agree with that. I guess the reason I can see this a lot clearer than most other people is I'm going to use, and I think well, both of you guys can agree with me on this. The most heat you can get at a Marine Corps marksmanship competition is in the national capital region. There's a lot of heat. Like you mm -hmm. go to this match, you better come in prepared. You cannot not bring snacks and electrolytes to this match and expect to do well. Um, the national capital region, uh, a lot of those competitors that aren't on teams are, uh, Quantico practical shooter shooters. Uh, also people who shoot down at, uh, Chesapeake, you know, the CQB guys, all that stuff. And they are, uh, they are the, uh, the, the they are the powerhouse of the NCR match. And, um, that's kind of what I see. Uh, and I'm, I've been able to see, so. Hopefully that's uh, also additional, um, additional weight to kind of my opinion on this all. Yeah. Well, hey Alex, I really appreciate this. Uh, this was really fun. Um, it's always good to talk to you, and it's always good to pick your brain on stuff. Uh, you know, even whenever I was on the team, I would always, you know, get your 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 thoughts on things, and you're always a good sounding board. Uh, so I do appreciate you coming out here. I do really appreciate you kind of, you know, reinvigorating the three gun here in Virginia, because it's something that's had to have, it, it's something that has needed to happen for a while. So we appreciate that. And Thank to you. our, and to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions about PCSL and uh, Quantico practical shooters, reach out to us. We'll put you in contact with Alex and even Max Leagrandis. Um, other than that, please let us know what you think, you know, on Apple, Spotify, whatever you listen to, you know, leave a comment, you know, give us a rating, let us know how we're doing. And we hope you have a good one.